Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to a second edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast for the year. Nate Duncan, you were here. I'm now two for two on podcasts. Not sure that's going to continue between the Kings uh, Thunder game coming up, but a uh, home opener in Shea Center against a feisty Clippers team that uh, we can get to, but I thought it looked you know, pretty good like with their identity tonight. Uh, but the Warriors won because Steph Curry had 25 first quarter points without missing a shot and then hit two ridiculous threes at the end. In a game that, like, beyond that, beyond Steph Curry, like, her offensive heroics, like, Warriors shouldn't have won this game. No, I wouldn't say so. I thought the Clippers got better shots throughout the game. Clippers are a tough matchup, actually, for this version of the Warriors. And you did see, again, you know, I, I thought actually maybe one of the biggest things was that Jordan Poole really had a rough night. I'm sure we can we can talk about that. But and the brilliance of Steph, particularly in a full chase center, those two threes that he hit in the last two minutes to just – Imagine what it's like as a defense. You're used to everyone kind of locking in. The game slows down at the end. You run the shot clock down. We got to ISO, get the ball in the hands of our best player. And instead, you have this guy who's sprinting around off the ball in transition, just lightning quick out of his hands, bombing a 30 footer on Marcus Morris. You know, and it's just like to be that tired and exhausted at the end of the game and to have to lock in mentally with that pressure defensively is just really, really difficult. I mean, that's why he's one of the greatest players ever. Yeah, and it's why he can rescue you when, like, their offense from the second quarter on was, like, really shut down. You know, like, Bielitz only played 17 minutes tonight because he didn't really fit in this kind of, like, smaller style. Uh, Porter, Otto Porter really hasn't been much of a factor the first two games. Uh, Kavon Looney uh, is... You know, he had some okay moments against Zubac, but he keeps getting hit on the short roll and, like, just wants no part of a shot or a pass. It's kind of bogged the Warriors down. I mean, the second quarter, I mean, half the second quarter was spent with Draymond Green up top pointing at people to move around uh, with no defender in sight. And, that you know, Poole is supposed to be the guy that alleviates some of the pressure and has in the preseason had a great second half at Staples Center in the opener but the what what they did what the Clippers did physically to frustrate him and, and you could see he was in his own head by the fourth quarter uh if he's going four or 14 with seven turnovers you can see it kind of revert to last year where it's like save us Steph you're our only hope basically type offense he did it tonight but it was just interesting why he had to also well, this is a very difficult matchup. We've gone with this for a long time that the way to beat the Warriors, even when they're at their best, was you got to just switch everything. And that's what the Clippers did. They didn't have the greatest personnel at times. Like, you know, when Kennard was out there, they were able to take advantage of him. But I thought Terrence Mann really came in and changed the game with his, like, face guarding and energy on Steph. And Steph knows how to deal with that when it's, 
someone doing that but then you're not going to switch right like he can just come off of screens he can go back door he can take advantage of that but when you're doing that to him and then you're also switching so he's still not getting the airspace even coming off of a screen it gets to be a little bit more difficult um you know and pool really is not ready to create an isolation even against canard you know i thought he wasn't really that good like he's got to either come off of screens off the ball get in transition or i think in just a conventional pick and roll i think he can be pretty good but uh, you know, he wasn't really ready to just you know, create an isolation. Um, you know, that start of the second quarter unit doesn't really have anyone who could do that. You saw actually Kerr went back to Wiggins, I think also to get a little more athleticism defensively. But uh, this Clippers team is good. Like, I mean, that was my biggest takeaway here is not even that the Warriors were that bad. The Clippers, after that first quarter blitz, they're switching defensively. They had a good plan. You know, they didn't make too many mistakes. I lose um, a good coach. Yeah, he is. I mean, I think, and he obviously is very, very experienced playing against Stephen Curry, more so really than any coach probably in the NBA right now. So I, I thought uh, this was a good challenge for the Warriors to overcome. It looked like it was slipping away down 98-90. They might have got lucky with some missed Clippers open shots. But, you know, th- these are these are two very good teams that they just beat. Eric Bledsoe miss shots are not lucky. Fortunate misses. They're just Eric Bledsoe misses. Well, uh, Marcus Morris... 44 percent three-point shooter last year wide open threes yeah. you know those those what did mean, reggie jackson go tonight by the yeah, way he he really struggled for four out of 19 uh, his nickname's big government but uh the printing press was broken for uh the, to pump those dollars into the economy tonight oh baby um pool i want to talk to you about pool uh he was played more physical tonight and i mean if you think back now at the preseason you know in portland with with a really bad well they played portland twice um but a really bad defensive effort from portland uh gave him wide open threes gave, like pool you're right that like if you just have like a hound on him in isolation it's tough for him to just blow by but he has some transition tricks and quick like in and out dribble moves and some and, and a pretty quick first step uh and, and i think some surprising explosion if you're kind of not paying as much attention to him as you should but as was mentioned by both Draymond Green and Steve Kerr post game like he's becoming like you know second line of the scouting report essentially now and you know Ty Lue I'm sure said Terrence Mann you know be physical face guard him Eric Bledsoe you know bump him um and he's gonna have to not only get used to that but also mentally handle it better you saw tonight i mean he's yelling at the refs after a couple wild misses uh draymond green and steve kerr both used the term rush like he was you know not only was he rushing to try to make a play it just felt like once he made a couple mistakes he was rushing to try to like make up for those mistakes and uh feeling the pressure uh of 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 what this team needs from him and you know it's gonna be up and down with him he is still only a third year player so it's not gonna be terrific every night but how what do you what did you think of his struggles tonight you know in the grander scope of what he's been lately yeah well I, I think he's just not a guy who's gonna beat great defense right now that's really locked in on him and you know at the start of the second and the start of the fourth quarter teams don't have great defense out there the way the Clippers ran their rotation they were doing a lot of switching they had good defenders on him you know I'm yeah I think he's he's definitely better against a defense that's not set on the second side playing with Steph you know bombing threes when uh there's work happening off the ball to set him up etc so uh getting out in transition so yeah I mean he's he's not yet ready I think to be like a true bonafide 
second option going up against another great defense. But hopefully Clay Thompson will come back to help with that. And then, you know, it'll be interesting to see. You know, he hasn't closed the last two games, probably because of the injury the other night because he did have it going. Um, But he shouldn't have closed tonight. You know, Damian Lee was better, and Damian Lee had that nice chemistry with Steph on on what ended up being essentially the game-winning three uh, with under a minute to go. So it's still, for a third-year guy, a little bit of a growing process, and they can count on him, I think, to be a secondary guy. And he's going to have much better nights than this, too. Like, they've played two two veteran, experienced defenses that don't make a lot of mistakes – you know, going up against the Kings and the Thunder the next two nights, I, I expect him to look a lot better. He's got the Thunder two out of the next, like, five games. Um, yeah, and, you know, the other thing with him is, like, the, three po- the three-point shot, he's confident in it. Um, but, you, you know, he's probably only going to be a 34 to 38.3% three-point shooter who's can get very hot and very cold. And, you know, he has five air balls in his first two games, but also, you know, he has some, some deep makes. He got hot in Staples briefly the other night. Um, but that is something to watch for this shot. Yes, he's like Steph Light with some of the off-ball movement. you got to be very encouraged by, obviously, how he's looked if you're the Warriors. But this isn't a sniper. You know, this is not a 40-plus a point three-point shooter. Yeah, we'll see on that. I mean, it, with some of the shots that he's taking, perhaps not. But, I mean, the biggest thing just for this offense is that he has to get guarded out there. Mm-hmm. And he has to get guarded there coming off the of screens as well. And so, you know, I, I mean, I think today, again, like, if you're – like, what? how many teams are going to be switching one through five against the Warriors in the regular season? Like, not many. With that type of personnel, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, with, like, a man and a Bledsoe. Bledsoe got a little overzealous and got back cut a couple times. But, man, I thought was really good and – uh, you know, PG obviously is is really Zubac at the rim too at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, he, he was good there. So I mean, obviously the Warriors' turnovers were bad, but I think a lot of the reason a lot of those turnovers happened, some of them were just dumb plays in transition, which we always see from this team in, in certain games. But some of them was also just the offense getting stagnant and trying to go back door when it wasn't there. And so I, I mean, I, I do think there are still some pretty encouraging things other than stuff though from tonight. I, I would say. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. What have you thought of Draymond through two games? You know, he uh, he fell on his wrist like very early in the third quarter tonight, like was really flexing it most of the second half. At one point went to the locker room, uh, and after he hurt, fell on the wrist, he missed both free throws. But as he pointed out post game, he was one of five before falling on the wrist from the free throw line, finished two of nine. He's actually four of 13 from the line, and that's – People probably are, would be surprised to hear this, but he's actually a career 71% free throw shooter. He's usually pretty good at the line. Yeah. Um, but I'm not really asking you about Draymond's free throws right now. I, what have you thought about Draymond uh, preseason and through two games? I think he looks good, actually. I think he looks uh, pretty good physically. Like, he's been finishing inside at the rim reasonably well. He's got up for a, a dunk. You know, I think uh, around the basket, he's still been solid. And one, yeah. It, it is interesting that even in last year's was the case as well, that they don't do as much switching with him out in the perimeter as they used to. And part of that might be preserving him. Part of it might be that they don't think they have the personnel to switch, to play behind him off of switches uh, as well. But they have kind of done like a more conventional 
pick and roll defense. You know, we'll see what it looks like with him as the the guy. You know, the the big question is when he's making the decision in pick and roll, is scoring still an option for him? But I think I think he looks as good as you reasonably could expect at this point in time. You were on Damian Lee early. You were like a big Damian Lee proponent back when he was a two way guy. Like this guy fits Steve Kerr system. He's not just basically a Steph Curry favor essentially, and he's just gotten even you know marginally better and marginally better even though he plays kind of a stable game uh, over the last few years and obviously he's been on guaranteed contracts the last couple of years and and you know coming into camp this year you kind of viewed him as like 11th man and 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 a good 11th man it's like you know if you have Damian Lee as your 11th man that's solid but Steve Kerr uh, I remember going into uh, the fourth preseason game was like Damian Lee's had a really good camp. The type of stuff we didn't see much because it was it was not yeah. on. I I, th- I thought that might just be like a platitude, like yeah. for a guy that he was just hoping would stay ready, but it, that hasn't been the case. Yeah, and then and then he came out and after the final preseason game, he had a good final preseason game. And Steve Kerr, the player, was like he's in the rotation right away, and that wasn't like a stunner that he said it, but it was like oh, it's like notable because we didn't know like he felt on the fringe of the rotation. And through two games, I mean, we're talking about, like, first sub off the bench. He's always in the first wave. And I'm trying to remember, did he close in L.A.? I can't remember, but he definitely closed tonight. And he he's makes big plays for them. Like, he, he's become, like, a very needed rotation player for them. Yeah, I think he did close in, in L.A., actually. And, yeah, just because of the way he moves without the ball, he's a, a solid three-point shooter. You know, will teams start to attack him a little bit more defensively? I think that's a... A possibility, um, but you know they're trying to go after stuff more tonight. But. And he's not like super exploitable defensively. Like he's capable, even if he's not that. He's not like a physical Wiggins type wing defender. Yeah, I mean he's not a guy who you can switch onto the best players in a pick and roll. Right, you can't just say, "All right, you're just going to screen with this man." Fine, we'll switch. You know, this isn't going back to the heyday of the Warriors with Iguodala and Harrison Barnes and Clay. You know, he's not that level of guy, but good team defender and and competes uh, and also like a good read and react transition player as well. So he does really. Rebounder too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he tries. He sneaks in for layups. Like he just knows how to play in the system and you know i think it makes perfect sense that he is closing these first two games the ambiance of chase center behind us what do you think of chase tonight? by the way we are sitting here talking post game as they're breaking it down i think i believe it was at a phil collins concert or something like that. eagles eagles concert the next two nights if you didn't know that uh nate but chase center's alive again we, we got honking right now in the background and it was i don't know i mean it was I think announced as a sellout. Uh, it was a near sellout at least tonight, and it was loud. It got go- it got going really late for for the Steph threes. This is the game. This is the type of game they better get going for. I mean, it's exciting. Uh, but what did you think? Uh, I was surprised that not every seat was filled. Like mm-hmm. you know, it was probably about eighty five percent full yeah. by the end. And you know, the games are starting earlier, but people aren't working in San Francisco. You know, I think they're for an indoor sporting event as well, and what's still a, a very uh, kind of cautious area maybe you didn't see people showing up i mean that that's kind of interesting to think about you know the giants are really good this year they weren't necessarily selling out either so last time i'll ever mention the giants on this podcast don't worry and so you know that is kind of interesting to think of like have habits changed now due to the pandemic or is are people going to gradually get back to normal because for me i was like okay as soon as it's safe i'm like really glad and happy to be out there again now a lot of people don't maybe think that way or maybe they're just not at work and it's just a little more inconvenient 
to go to the game, although it's not like people work very close to Oakland, <laughs> the Oakland Coliseum or, or uh, Oracle Arena. Um, so, but I thought the people who were here was, it was totally a solid crowd, not like you know Madison Square Garden level, but certainly uh, it got got loud in here for the big shots late. Like, felt good to be in an arena. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think we'll learn more about those habits coming up. They have an eight-game homestand. I believe her franchise record eight-game homestand with a lot of winnable games within it: Thunder, Grizzlies. Uh, Bulls, uh, uh, some uh, Timberwolves are in there. Uh, and then, you know, this, that's following what will be a King's Thunder back-to-back. Like, they have a chance, as, as Clay Thompson spends the next month rehabbing and getting closer, they have a chance to really give him a soft landing spot uh, if they can be 9-3, and 10-2 range. Like, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but if you look at the schedule, like, it's almost what they should expect to be. No, I, th- I think you're right, and we'll get a better idea. Like, I actually think the game on the road against Sacramento could be a, a difficult one. Kings are feisty. L- let me tell you, I watched yeah. them the other night. The the the, the uh, civil war for Slater's heart. To, uh, I assume you'll be at that one in, in Sacramento. I will. Um, but yeah, a couple other just small takeaways I had here. I mean, Andre Guadal looks like he can really contribute. Like he should have been in the closing lineup. He had a little scare hurting his hip. I mean, that's, you know, him and Draymond kind of having these injury issues. Like that's, that to me is more of this team's weakness in the regular season is just, are some of these old dudes going to get injured? Are they going to need maintenance? Obviously if there's a staff injury, you're still in, in big trouble. Um, that's kind of more of the issue for me versus at full strength. Like they are right now. I think they're very good. I think that's, that's pretty clear. Yeah, I think that, like, Andre Iguodala, like, shouldn't play against the Thunder. Like, Moses Moody should be getting those minutes, right? If you could trust the rest of, you know, the Steph infrastructure to beat a Thunder team, which you should, because Steph Curry should get, like, you know, 14 wide-open three-pointers against that Thunder defense. So, that's, I mean, like, these two games, Lakers-Clippers, perfect game for Iguodala. How many minutes did he get tonight? 24. 24. He had 22, I believe, the other night. He has looked fresh, but to, to maintain that freshness, um, I think they're going to have to be uh, selective with with how much they use him. And he needs to be selective of how much he uses himself because I do think he's trying to – he's been very adamant since, like, media day that, like, no, I'm not, I'm not here to be, you know, a, a, an assistant coach, essentially. He – Still thinks he's good on the court. He's proven it in two games, but um, I would expect him to throttle down, particularly against the bad teams with him. You, any other takeaways? Seem like you had some. Um, well, I mean, I didn't realize like, that Andre is the second oldest player in the NBA. That's pretty crazy. And number one is? Uh, that's a good question. Is it LeBron? I think it might be LeBron. No, like, no, no like, Iguodala is older Iguodala's than LeBron. Older than LeBron. Yeah, I'm, um, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know that off the top of my head. I'll, I'll try and figure that out. Uh, who would be? Carmelo? No, because... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of guys who are, like, in that 37 area. I'm surprised uh, we're not getting this. Anyway. Um, well, oh, but, but yeah, to, to actually answer answer your question. Bielitsa, I think the way he's going to get used is really interesting. I think he actually works much better against teams that are going big. Mm-hmm. I think when you get into a small game... It's really more about his lateral mobility than it is his ability to rebound and kind of fight inside. You know, you put him next to Draymond, I think you've got enough, and he's he can make it up against the other team's big when you're going into that trapping situation. When the other team starts switching, and then when they have small guys that can blow by him on the other end, it doesn't really work that well. And I think Kerr recognized that, went back to JTA, 
Uh, you know, Bielitsa didn't play much in the second half. And then Porter is interesting. You know, he got up for a nice alley-oop and transition tonight. Like, he is actually really running the floor hard, which I appreciate. And, you know, he says he still has to get into better condition. I do think, you know, he kind of he looks like a decent defender out there if you just look at his body. But I do think he's kind of struggling to move laterally a little bit. So he's another guy who might kind of need to be spotted a little bit. But I think both those guys, particularly just in the meat of the regular season, like we saw in preseason, can really contribute. It's just, you know, in a game like tonight, it gets a little harder for them. Yeah, but, you know, this team does seem deep. You know, JTA, who was such a good rotation player for them last year, really is on the fringes right now. It's trying to sneak in and get some minutes. And Moses Moody um, probably played, what, four or five minutes tonight and had a nice pass. And just like in L.A., he had a nice drive, almost to the point where, you know, if Moses Moody was a rookie on last year's team, he's probably getting 15, 20 minutes a night. And, And I'd almost like to see him get more minutes because I do think he can become a rotation piece like a a reliable one pretty soon but I also understand the idea of like this isn't the time now again games coming up could be the time particularly if Andre takes a day off here and there but um yeah I want to see where Moody is at in terms of his individual defense. I think he actually, for a rookie, executes well. He can shoot from the corners. He'll get some offensive rebound. So, you know, I think he actually can be adequate offensively. It's just a question of can he stay in front of guys yet uh, at this level. Um, and, yeah, his passing is great. He threw two passes for dunks tonight off of drives. You know, he has really had some nice little lay-down looks. Yeah. All right. Uh, Warriors at King Sunday night. Saturday mayhem and up in Sacramento. I'll be there. Are you coming? You coming up to Sac? Uh, I might. I might try and go. We'll see. I gotta, you know, record something on every single team on Sunday first and see if I can make it up there after that. That that might be a little tough. West Coast only teams that matter. California four four teams in California. So the Warriors' first three games. I just thought of this. Will be against the other three California teams. It's kind of interesting. I will talk to you either post Sac game maybe. Or post-Thunder game, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Coming up. Talk to you. Nate, thank you for coming on. Anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, Danny Luer and I are doing the NBA cast, which is on NBA League Pass. So if you're a League Pass subscriber, every Monday we do League Pass games. We're doing Celtics Hornets. Check out Mellow Ball and us uh, calling the game on NBA League Pass. It's actually still in the free preview window, so you can just watch that for free on Monday. I, I hopped on and watched you and Danny call a few Anthony Edwards buckets the other day and Wolves, Rockets. Wolves actually look kind of good. That bottom of the West is is interesting to me with, um, you know, Wolves, Kings, I think look a little bit better than people realize. And the Blazers, and I was kind of down on the Clippers. I'm less down after tonight, but the Blazers looked a little rough the other night. I don't know. It's pretty early in the season, I'd say, though. The, uh, New Orleans looks awful. Uh, let's also keep in mind the Wolves play the Rockets, who are – Atrocious. Yeah. They were so bad in that game. Well, you would know. You announced it. So, everyone, watch the uh, Danny Nate uh, game coming up, and uh, I'll talk to you later.